Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. It ain't the left side or the right side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check out our merchandise store as well. It is Jets week here in week two. We are joined by our Jets correspondent. He's uh, lucky to jump, or we're lucky enough to have him jump, jump on with us anytime that he can previewing the Jets-Dolphins matchup. He represents the Jets for DailyMockDraft.com and also hosts Locked on Browns podcast as well. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Oh, no problem, guys. Uh, it's, it's been too long. It's been way too long chatting with you fellas. It, it has. And, you know, we are still got the Jets-Dolphins uh, rivalry, so, you know, we still hate your guts. I'm, I'm sure the feeling is, <laughs> is mutual there. <laughs> it's so funny, and it's so funny because it's – Neither team actually has home field advantage because whenever each team travels, you know, they usually get the better crowd. All the New Yorkers want to go to Miami where it's warm. It's always a good draw for the Miami fans here. So it's just kind of funny how it happens. And that's how you know a rivalry is as good as it is. Right. Absolutely. Well said. And, you know, Jets are coming off an impressive 48 to 17 victory over the Lions. And it really. Did not think, nobody really thought at the beginning that the Jets were going to be competitive in that game. They weren't favored. Sam Darnold comes out, throws an immediate pick six. Then he finishes the game 16 for 20, almost 200 yards, two touchdowns. Really looked like a rookie sensation. What is the feeling right now with Sam Darnold? I think uh, everybody, all you know, from day one, the Jets were ecstatic about this. And, you know, a lot of people like, you know, the, the talk still is the Giants didn't take a quarterback at two. The reason the, the Jets moved up to three is because the New York Giants established very early on that they were fine with Eli Manning and they were going to take Saquon Barkley number two. The question was what quarterback was going to go one. Jets were comfortable with whatever option they had at three to get Sam Darnold. It was just perfect for him. And he's the reason he's good in a big city like New York is he kind of has an Eli Manning aspect to him of, I'm here to do everything I need to do. You know, he's not going to be the guy who's going out late on Friday, Saturday nights or whatever. He's not one of those QBs that's going to draw headlines. He's the guy that's just going to step right in, do his job, be where the team wants him to be. But, I mean, he fits into this very well. And the other thing is, is he's a really, really good quarterback, and he's just barely 21 years old. And Paul and I can't be happy about that, having Sam Darnold and a potential franchise quarterback in the AFC East. Let's look at the running back spot, too. I mean, 
in that first game, Isaiah Crowell, the new running back for the New York Jets, and Bilal Powell combined for 22 carries for 162 yards. And uh, they can really run the football against that Lions defense. Well, Bilal Powell, um, you know, obviously I, I've covered him here, with, you know, covering the Cleveland Browns. Um, he looks a little bit slimmer, a little more, you know, gas to his game. Uh, it, there wasn't much of a problem with Isaiah Crowell in Cincinnati, in Cleveland, other than the fact that Hugh Jackson didn't get so committed to the run game at times when he needed to. I mean, he was doing a really good job. And if you look at what he did last year, almost four and a half yards per carry, he was getting the job done. Now, I mean, Bilal Powell, everybody knows what he brings to this Jets offense. That You know, the, the dual threat type, the receiving back, uh, you know, is capable of taking 15 to 20 carries in a game if he absolutely needs to. There's depth to it, and this is kind of what helps a rookie quarterback. When you can put up over 150 yards rushing, it makes the rookie quarterback's life that much easier. And speaking of depth, wide receiver, they're kind of approaching the wide receiver position like the Dolphins are. They're building more – for depth as opposed to having that one big guy like they had with Brandon Marshall a couple of years ago. And so they've got Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse, I believe is going to be back this week. You've got Quincy and Nunwa back from the injury added Terrell Pryor. How, how do you think their jets are going to spread out the, the catches here in this game? It's going to be interesting because the first couple, uh, you know, the preseason and everybody was getting excited and, you know, Sam Darnold was looking good. The completion percentage was solid. But they didn't really, like, open it up yet. So that's what was the biggest eye-opener for me on Monday night is, you know, they were in this game, controlled the lead, obviously got tight there a little bit in the third quarter before, you know, they absolutely blew their doors off. But they let him just rip one to Robbie Anderson. And this is the one thing they kind of had limited him, limited him on. And Robbie Anderson is a very, very good vertical re- uh, receiver regardless of what he brings you off the field. Obviously, there's some question marks there. But he is good in what he does. They let Sam rip one. They let Robbie run one. And that's just – I mean, if they can do that once, twice a game, at least just threaten you know, a deep part of the field with a guy like Robbie Anderson, it's going to make the lives so much easier of a Bilal Powell, of a Quincy Anunwa, of a Jermaine Curse. these guys who can work in between. There's a lot of depth here. And the Dolphins saw that twice last year. Robbie Anderson got – deep on the Dolphins in each game. So hopefully they can have something over the top to combat that. The offensive line, it really looks like the no-name offensive line. It has been for for years. And, you know, you look across the board, it doesn't look all that impressive. But in that first game, it seemed like they were doing a fairly good job of keeping defenders off of Sam Darnold. They seem like a very committed bunch, this entire roster. So, like, everybody, obviously, you know, only week one in the books. But everybody was on page, and you have a lot of guys here who want to win. These younger guys, you know, they kind of, you know, they, you know, Deron Lee coming from Ohio State, Jamal Adams coming from LSU. These guys are accustomed to winning. So when you have that and you have a veteran offensive line, and, you know, if you were going to look at this offensive line, if you want to break it down position by position, it's not one of those things where, you know, each part is going to look that great. But when you put them all together as a sum, they're not too bad, uh, you know, uh, Shell at right tackle seems to be stepping up. Winners, when he's healthy, is a pretty solid guard. So there is depth to it. I mean, these guys are all veterans and been playing for a couple of years. So, so there's not too much, you know, to question there. They just, you know, they got to, you know, be careful. And, you know, uh, obviously Ezekiel Ansaw wasn't 100%. So I don't know, you know, how much they were really getting tested by the Detroit front seven, which isn't very good. But, you know, it'll be a little more interesting this week. 
Let's move along to the defensive side of the ball here, Jeff. Believe it or not, the Jets had 11 interceptions last year, five interceptions in the first game against the Detroit Lions. So taking a look at that back seven, I mean, they obviously added Tremaine Johnson in the offseason. They drafted both of the safeties last year. Darren Lee had two interceptions last week. Jamal Adams had one. How does that back seven, how has that changed, and how, what do you think of them heading into this matchup? Well, the biggest thing is, is bringing Tremaine Johnson in the fold. You know, Maurice Claiborne, I mean, if you want to say he's maybe a soft cornerback one, if you were doing one through 32, you know, he, maybe he would, you know, maybe somewhere in the 20s or maybe a little bit higher. But you bring a Tremaine Johnson in, and now Maurice Claiborne is your cornerback two. I mean, it just makes things so much easier. You know, Jamal Adams with his first career pick, which is good because uh, everybody picks on him for it, and he's had a really hard time with it. So it was nice to see him finally get that out of the way. Um, but they're a lot deeper. They make the challenge, uh, you know, the challenge a little bit more. Deron Lee, the one thing they said, and they said this two years ago, is we need to get this defense faster. And Demario Davis had a fantastic year for the Jets last year. Was very, very good. The reason they moved on is this defense wanted to be faster. You look at Todd Bowles, you know, Dale Buchanan, they drafted him as a rookie and put him in a middle linebacker. That's what they want to do with the Deron Lee. He is that athletic. So give him as much space where he can just let his athleticism make plays. And it also helped that they seemed pretty confident on that, you know, knew what Detroit was doing every time they came in a line of scrimmage. They play a 3-4 defense, and it seemed like every year the Jets had those big names on the defensive line. Sheldon Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson, obviously they still have Leonard Williams. They also traded, I believe, a seventh-round pick for Henry Anderson that's starting opposite Leonard Williams. And obviously they've got Steve McClendon and a third-round pick, Nate Shepard, too. How are the rotations – how's the rotation being divided up there? Um, well, Nate Shepard, it's been a little bit, you know, a small sample size. And everybody's a little excited about him. But you got to keep in mind he's an older kid from a smaller school. So you're going to bring him along a little bit, you know, a little bit slower. Uh, you know, the run game, they have zero doubts about. They're not sure how much of a pass rusher he is. Um, but the thing with, you know, bringing Anderson in and you're pairing him with a Leonard Williams, and, you know, these are some of the guys that are rushing from the outside, is they're not guys that put up great sack numbers. But they got good athleticism. You know, they, they continue with every nuance of the pass rush game. So even if they don't get home and get sacks, you know, the arms are extended. They're closing down throwing lanes. So sometimes the production doesn't matter as long as you can still give a quality rush, which these are these two guys. You know, the Jets have been chasing a pass rusher now. I mean, it's got to be going on 14, 15 years. I mean, we always say since John Abraham was the last guy. It just seems the one position they never hit on year in, year out. So I think they kind of went with more economical pass rushers. They're not going to put the big numbers, but they're going to get a consistent pass rush out of them. Jeff, uh, where do you what do you think the Jets have to do in this game to beat the Dolphins? It's going to be a little bit interesting. Um, you know, obviously, you know Ryan Tannehill back. You know, you know the running game it's solid. I, I think you probably have to start with the running game. Uh, I think the secondary is playing is running really hot right now. They're very confident. You know, Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, everybody still got some questions. You know, I mean. Is he ever going to be more than the Ryan Tannehill we've saw for all these years now? I mean, it's not the injuries, but, you know, like, is he going to be a guy that gets, you know, a 12-4 and four season? Or, you know, can he be that guy? So it's going to be interesting. And this secondary is jacked up because they know they have a lot of playmakers in it, and these guys are really feeding off each other. 
Jeff, before we get to the predictions here, uh, what questions is really the Jets universe? What would they want to ask uh, to two Dolphins hosts like us? Um, can you not bring Kenny Stills? Because he always seems to have a very, very good day. Um, Cameron Wake can maybe stay home or whatever. But, um, you know, what what's the feel from Miami Dolphin fans? I know you guys kind of brought it up, but, you know, like you were looking at the Jets now, we're like, oh, man, all right. They got – I mean, not to say Marino, that will be that ability, but they got a Marino like we're going to see twice a year for a long, long time. It's concerning because, I mean, when the Jets got the third overall pick, my initial reaction was that I thought Sam Darnold was a little bit overrated coming out because he turned the ball over so many times at USC. But what I really admire about him is how well he moves his feet and keeps his eyes down the field. And that's a rare trait to have for a quarterback. And you saw a lot of that last week just in his first game. And there hasn't been a franchise quarterback, as you know, other other than Tom Brady in this division forever. I mean, the Dolphins, I would say, don't quite have that with Tannehill. Not that superstar potential, at least. Josh Allen, it could be very, very hit or miss, too. So, I would and say right now... Him, and starting him week two is not a very good idea. That's a good thing for Buffalo. It's not a good thing for Josh Allen. Yeah, I don't think starting anybody behind that offensive line for Buffalo is a good idea. So, it's good that... The Jets started out with Sam, Darn- with Sam Darnold week one and said basically, hey, you can go out there and throw 20 interceptions if you want, and you're probably not going to get pulled. I mean, they're going to be patient with him, and I think that's a good thing. And like you said, he's 20 years old. So, yeah, it is concerning. I mean, anytime anybody in the division gets a potential franchise quarterback, yeah, kind of sucks. So Jeff, what do you what is your prediction for this game? Do you see the Jets going two and zero? It's going to be interesting because the one thing I'm a little concerned about is uh, there's going to be some effects of the hurricane coming up this way. So if anybody watched the Giant game this week, we could maybe be looking at that with a little rain and wind. So I mean, you're not not sure how that's going to play into it. Um, so I, I think the, the way the Jets are rolling right now. I mean, I hate to ever get too confident in this team, and you guys know the same thing. You, ever nev- you never want to sell yourself that, oh, man, we're getting there, we're getting there, and then something stupid happens. But I'd say, I mean, 24-20 Jets wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't. Thank you for joining us here tonight. We appreciate the breakdown. Jeff L.J. Lloyd, he represents the Jets for DailyMockDraft.com and the Locked on Browns podcast as well. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, We wish you the worst of luck this upcoming weekend. (laughs) I love the way you put it. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Jeff. No problem at all, gentlemen. And that will do it for our breakdown of the New York Jets-Miami Dolphins matchup with our guest. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do. 
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.